The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Do you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life yes you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Yes. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. God loves you. Oh, wait a minute. What did Pastor Ray say? God loves you so much. God loves you enough to do whatever it takes open an avenue of escape from a dark and dangerous world into a land called heaven. He wants to live with you. He wants you to live with him. I just want you to let it soak in today. God really does love you. It's not just something we say to one another. It's true. Let me, let me tell you something that he did for me last night. I'm so humbled by it and so grateful. But I want to tell you, this is part of his regular movement among us. Last night, my wife and I were watching an evangelist pastor 
out of California. He was holding a tent meeting. We said, well, let's, let's watch this. He's someone we've known of, had respect for, watched some of his YouTube video interviews. And so we watched as, as he began. The music, it was, it was not what I liked. But okay. And then we noticed a strange thing. He had butterfly or angel wings flapping around the tent, large ones, of course, done with media. And then when he began to speak, it was with bravo, with... uh, what I called arrogance, saying what God was doing and how wonderful it was. And he had the crowd pumped up with the music and they were shouting and dancing. And and he said, this is Azuzu Street all over again. I said, you're a liar, mister. This is not Azuzu Street. This is Entertainment 101. And then as if to prove my case, He went into announcements, encouraging people to move forward in Azuzu Street number two. I became so disgusted, finally turned it off. And I said to my wife, sweetheart, that man's a liar. I don't want to listen to him. I'm disgusted by his bravo. She didn't reply except to say, yeah, I don't know what's happening with him. And I went to bed that night. I was praying about him and asked that the Lord would deal with his his wicked heart, his entertainment heart, with his macho. God's going to do this, and God's going to do that. Right, you tell God what to do and see how far that gets you down the highway. And I was, as I went to sleep, I was disgusted. My last thoughts as I went to sleep were, shouldn't have watched that man. It's a sour and bitter taste in my mouth. Well, this morning, when I woke up, there was a a warm, gentle love that I felt all about me. And I thought, what's happening? And this man's face came into my mind, and he stood before me. And I loved him. All of the bitterness, all of the anger, all of the disgust, all of the criticism was all gone. Instead, in my heart, I began to pray for him the blessing of God. I began to thank the Lord for his boldness, even though he was messing up. I began to just cry out in thanksgiving that God had raised this man up. And I began to pray for his meetings. And love just began to flow from my heart for him. I've never met him, never spoke with him. I would love to. I'd throw my arms around him and say, Brother, I love you. God loves you. Continued in that mode for several hours of just praising God for his ministry and and blessing God for what he was 
doing in this man's life. For how bold he was. There was not one iota of negative criticism in my spirit about him. It was all love and affirmation and thanking God for his ministry. And then asking God to bless him more and more and create a wider avenue for his ministry of the gospel. I knew that I had been changed in the night. Now, let me tell you what I want to say. Many times in my life, I have been curious about my feelings and my state of mind. I've been curious about how there's no condemnation suddenly in my spirit. There's no judgment in my heart toward someone or some organization. I have wondered at what happened to me. I feel totally different this morning. What's going on? But I had not ever caught God in the act. But last night I caught him in the act. (laughs) The Holy Spirit comes in his wonderful majesty, in his power, in the sweetness of his spirit. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit could have been called the sweet spirit. Sweet Spirit of God. He came into my heart when I was asleep and totally changed my perspective. Never again will I have any judgment against this man. Instead, every time I have occasion to see his name, I'm going to be praying blessings for him because the Holy Spirit loves this man. Hear what I said? The Holy Spirit loves this man. His hand is upon him. Do I think in my wisdom that he's doing everything the way it ought to be done? No, I'm not even going to answer that. You know the answer already. Oh, the glorious wonder of the love of God that he would pour out into my heart this gift of of complete love, this, this complete intercession for his success and for God to bless him and make him larger and larger. What an incredible gift of God that he should do such a thing for me. Now, my thoughts went on beyond that. And I began to to realize that God has done this many times for me until I have become a very, very different person. My heart used to be filled with ambition. It's gone. My heart used to be full of judgment. It's gone. He has... Sometime in the night hours when I'm not even aware, he's been changing me. He's been transforming me. He's been making me into a new man, a new creature. It's been going much faster as I'm now crippled. Just happening so quickly, I'm saying, whoa, I'm catching God changing me. What a wonderful thing to catch God changing you. He wants to make you into a new man, a new woman. He wants to remove the tears and the tears of abuse. He wants to remove the bitterness and the anger 
wants to make you into a new creature. He reached down to the very bottom of the barrel and pulled me up out of it and began to train me, began to discipline me, began to channel my life according to his will, not according to the lust of the flesh or the pride of life, but in his will. Now, I open this broadcast by saying to you today, God loves you. Wait, God loves you. What am I saying? I'm saying that God wants to step into your life by the power of his sweet, sweet spirit. And he wants to change the direction of your life. He wants to change the direction of your life. Will you give him permission to do so? Yes, change me, God. I actually had the foolishness in my heart. Some time ago, pray, Lord, break me, bend me, break me. And sure enough, quickly, he broke me. I'm not not totally sure I'd pray that prayer again. It would be more comfortable to pray, bend me. But I prayed, break me. I want him to make me as holy as a human man can be made holy on this earth. I want him to do with me whatever he needs to do. I need him to look at me through through his eyes and not through my eyes. I'm full of self-condemnation. I'm full of failure. I'm full of hopelessness. He's removed that from me. So today I'm a man of great courage. I didn't manufacture that courage. I didn't plant that courage in my heart. He did. What a wonderful gift to know that God loves me enough to do these things for me. I became conscious of this as I was looking at the great promises of Scripture. And too often we've taken the great promises of Scripture that God will do something wonderful for me that I need desperately, like my leg healed. But that's not what he's really about. He's not about giving you a new car or a new house or a new husband or a new wife or what's God about? the quiet of the night, changing you into his image, into his likeness. He's in the business of people changing and healing and restoring. Some of you think, my marriage is broken beyond hope. No, it's not. There is nothing beyond hope. All things are possible for him who will believe. So I'm at a a place, I kind of tried to describe it this morning, the way my wife found me. I had gotten up earlier and gone to the study. And when I began to see what God had done in my heart, the fullness of that, And I just felt surrounded by his love. I felt accepted. I felt loved. I felt like he was doing what he needed to do to prepare me in a a new way to be his servant. 
And then I, I began to really relax. I began to relax knowing that, first, I was loved. And second, that God had done a miracle in my heart through the night when I was not even conscious of it. And I began to, in a brand new way, begin to enter into Jesus' rest. He told me a long time ago, Ray, enter my rest. So I studied it, looked at it, and said, this means to be yoked up with Jesus and be ready to do what he wants me to. Oh, it does mean all of that, my dear friend. But much more than that, it was to enter into his rest. To not feel pushed. To not feel like I have to jam everything. To not be overwhelmed with my life. To not be in a place of fear. Not to look at what I think I have to get done for this day. But instead to know with whom I want to spend this day. I want to spend this day with Jesus. It's not what I have to get done. It's who I want to be with. And I looked at that. I said, wow, that's comfortable. And then my wife showed up in the study with this beautiful plate of food. Beautifully scrambled eggs, a fresh pear, a Bartlett pear, fresh orange. I said, wow, God is so good. Remember how I opened this broadcast? Wait. Jesus really does love you. God really does love you. The Holy Spirit really does love you. We come into this and life is good. Even if you have a broken leg, life is good. You see, being a follower of Jesus is not just about knowing that he is the Son of God, even though that is absolutely vital. It's not about knowing that he was born of a virgin, even though that's very important. It's not about knowing that he's going to judge the end of the earth, throw those who have disregarded his love into the fire of hell. That's very important to know. But there's one thing that is most important for you to know. And that is that God loves you and he is prepared to invest in you all of the work that is necessary to change you and transform you so that you wake up in the morning and you say, what has happened to me? I'm a new creature in Christ. Come to Jesus. Holy Spirit comes and begins to dwell in us. We become new creatures in Christ. We're taken from down here in the, in the dirt from which we sprang. And all the filth that the devil added to the dirt from which we sprang. He lifts us out of that. He makes us a new creature in, in himself.
He washes us. He cleanses us. He restores us. And he brings such love and such joy into our hearts. First John, the fourth chapter. Beloved, let us love one another. Now, that love that he's wanting us to have for one another is a self-sacrificing love. True love is first concerned about the other person, not myself. True love is what he placed in my heart for this man that I was so scornful of, where I can begin to pray for him and rejoice in what God has given him and what God is doing in him without any judgment or hatred on my part. This love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. In other words, this love does not come by a decision that I'm going to love my wife, or I'm going to love my husband, or I'm going to love... No, it doesn't come that way. It comes by being transformed by the Holy Spirit, being changed. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. The very definition of God is love. Self-sacrificing. No selfishness. I mean, what Jesus did for me last night, and if you missed that part, please go back and listen to the first. What God did for me last night was totally unselfish on his part. Spending his time changing me, adjusting me, transforming me, making me more like Jesus. This is 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love God does not know God. The word know is a, a, a very big word. In our culture, We've made knowing something meaning I I have a set of facts and I understand this deal. No, that's not what this word means. It means, do you know God in intimacy? It's the word used in the Greek for husband-wife sexual intercourse. It means absolutely giving myself to another without reservation. It's it's knowing. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the the atonement. Atonement. You understand This kind of love is I'm all in for you. I don't have anything in this for myself. This is just strictly for you. This is because I see the value in your life. I see the quality in your heart. I put it there. Jesus will say, I put it there. Yes, he did. He created us. 
So the love of God is something very, very precious, something he does in us and for us without any without anything there for him. Most of the time in the human heart, we love because it's to our advantage to love. And when we don't come through with the love that we profess, we say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you don't mean any of that. It's all fake. Love is when you see on a very real basis a person doing something for another person for which they will get no return. Now, they will get a return, but they're not doing it to get a return. They're doing it simply because they have mercy and compassion and they want to help that person, and they're going to pour out their heart for that person. So love is unselfish. God's love is unselfish for us. I want to read now another short passage of Scripture to you. In 1 John, the fifth chapter, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Now, I want to be clear. This is where the hang-up comes. We're not speaking about intellectual agreement. We're not saying anyone who intellectually agrees that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. No, 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 no. It's everyone who puts their whole life, they put all their money, they put all their time, they put all their energy, they they give to Jesus everything they have and everything they are. That person has been born of God. Everyone who loves the Father, whoever has been born of him. And by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. He's saying, look, you put everything into Jesus. Total surrender. We broaden that. You put all of your pretense into Jesus. You put all of your anger into Jesus. You put all of your anxiety into Jesus. You put all of your lust into Jesus. You put everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. You give Jesus who you are without reservation. This does not come without very serious time in prayer where you confess that you have lots of reservations and what are you going to get out of it? As you pray through, you discover more and more deeply how utterly corrupt and evil you have been. And then the great danger is you'll become proud of how how righteous you are now. Oh, I'm not like her. I'm not like him. That's the Pharisee. Remember the story of the Pharisee? Thank God I'm not like that publican over there. Thank God I'm not like that foolish woman over there. I'm I'm far above her. Or I'm far better than him. Well, then you're just simply a Pharisee. Under the judgment of God. No, 
when you're going to believe in Jesus. You disappear in Jesus. You are born of God. Remember, that's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You're going to have to be born from above. Flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. You're going to have to disappear in Jesus. We don't like to disappear in Jesus. We like to go part way in Jesus and then say, hey, everybody. I'm a good person. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commands. Wait a minute. In this love deal with God comes a dying. In this love deal with God, there comes a dying of you. We receive the love of God, and the reception of the love of God enables us to receive what Jesus wants to give to us as he gave to me in the night hours last night. He totally removed certain parts of my thinking and replaced it with something brand new, a love, a compassion for a man who appeared to me to be very wrong and proud and arrogant. I was the one who was arrogant and proud. Remember, it was the the publican who went home justified. Where justified means made righteous. It's so easy to be filled with the spirit of a wolf where I will bite and tear and justify myself. That's not love. Love is for me to be out of the picture, for me to no longer be concerned with judging myself against another pastor, no longer trying to make myself feel better because he's better than I am, a better preacher. Oh, I can find the holes. No, that's not what we're called to do. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. What God did in changing me last night was not hard. It was his. I was asleep. He did it with an anesthesia for me. I woke up a changed man. I woke up and looked around and said, whoa, whoa, what happened? I feel different. My face looks different. God came. God loves me. And he loves you. And it's not hard to keep God's commandments. It's not hard to overcome the world because Jesus overcomes the world in us and for us. Verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That is, for you who have unloaded everything into Jesus. And this is the confidence we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, 
we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. That's the promise of God. That's not Ray Greenlee. That's God's promise to you. So don't act like a naughty child when you don't immediately get the answer from Jesus that you desire. He's trying to do something in your soul, in your heart. He's trying to do something in you that will make you so alive and so happy. He's trying to do something in you that will reshape your heart according to his heart. And if you're willing to let him, he might even do it while you're sound asleep. And you just wake up and look around you and say, wait, 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 wait a minute, I'm a different person this morning. Or he may ask you to Agree with him. I have an agreement with God, long-standing, that I will not judge others. So when I find myself judging, I know I've got to repent. He didn't call me to judge. He called me to love. called me to be surrounded by this peace, by this joy, by this absolute and total confidence that Jesus will do in them what I've asked him to do. That he will continue doing in me all that is necessary to prepare me. So, Ray, stop judging yourself and praise and honor and glorify the name of Jesus and let him have the timing on when he comes and does his surgery in your heart. Don't demand that it be done for you. It will be done. He loves you. I want you to hear again today God loves you. Wait. Believe it. Jesus loves you. Wait. The Holy Spirit loves you too. These are the glorious themes of Scripture. That God loves you. Even while you were yet a sinner, God loved you. Sink into that. Let yourself be aware of that wonderful love that God has surrounded you with. You will rejoice in the Lord. Well, we're almost out of time today. But in the time we have left, like to pray. I'm so grateful that you are part of this ministry, that you support us with your prayer, with your words, with inviting other people to listen. I'm grateful that you give sacrificially, hilariously. Thank you. Now let's pray. Lord, in the minutes we have left remaining, I want to come and just pray and thank you for what you did for me last night. For you did a total overhaul of my my inner being. You remade me again. And I'm so grateful. Lord, thank you. And I ask... I ask that as we close this broadcast today, 
you will do the same for many who are listening. That your wonderful miracle of love will transform our hearts and our minds. That we would have the courage to just sink into that wonderful love and experience the fullness of what that love is all about in the peace and the joy, the patience, the kindness. That, Lord, those wonderful gifts you give to us that we would receive them and thank you for them. Lord, we're not a part of the world. We have come out of the world. We've come out of the lust. We've come out of the bitterness. We've come out of the judgments. Lord, we've come out of the world, and we are now a part of your kingdom, and I praise you for this. And, Lord, there are people listening today who are not a part of your kingdom. They may call themselves Christians, but they don't enjoy this new birth. They don't enjoy this confidence and this trust that you are who you say you are. And you will redeem us by your precious blood. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you do. And I pray, Almighty God, with such joy that you do love us. You do love me. I've not been cast off. You have not left me. You are still right here by your spirit, pleading, changing, altering. Lord, I thank you. I want to shout, thank you, Jesus. You have changed my heart. You've made me into a better man. You've given me the gift of love in my spirit. Lord, I thank you. I praise you and honor you and glorify your name. Glory, 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 glory to the name of Jesus. You put a smile on my face. You put peace and joy in my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in your name. Amen. Tomorrow is going to be a day off for me. Going to be a day for meditation and prayer and being in my studio. Some days I just need to rest. Friday will be another top-notch broadcast. Brother Ed's been working on it quite a while. encourage you to listen both Thursday and Friday. And I urge you to act on what you hear. Don't just be a listener. I urge you to give as the Holy Spirit prompts you to give. You know, it's just so real. God does love us. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I invite you to call somebody and say, God loves you. No, wait, God does love you. Here's a broadcast you you must listen to. Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Well, you can write to me. Love to hear from you. I'm concerned for you. Some I've not heard from. And also, you can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. 
www.nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com You're also welcome to come and worship with us. I know you'll enjoy that time. And you'll grow in Jesus. I guarantee you. You can't come to a service and not grow in Jesus. Now, you may fight with it. Some do. They just get an attitude. Wyla said to me, you know, the most important thing in our life is what our attitude is. We better pray and ask Jesus to give us the attitudes, the be attitudes he wants us to have. He's right. Well, in the last minute that we have, we need to pray for the sick. I try to do this every day because I know what it's like to walk crippled with a walker in pain. It's no fun. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today I know that there are men and women who are broken, who are wondering, has God cast me aside? Has God forgotten about me? What am I supposed to do? I've done everything I know to do. Lord, I come today and say, the Lord Jesus Christ has not forgotten about you. He's holding you in his arms. He loves you. And Lord, I'm asking that that love would extend and heal your physical body. I can't touch you, but I can hold my hand up toward the computer screen. And I can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Lord, I thank you for your kindness and your mercy, for you are a God who heals and restores, restores marriages, restores bodies, restores hearts. Lord, I just come into your presence with joy and thanksgiving and say you are the God of the universe. And your healing power is flowing right now into this congregation. Thank you, Lord. I love you, my brother and my sister. Know that God loves you. I pray in his holy name. Amen. of his glory.